Welcome to the 26th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and Ready Player One devotee, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, you're a lying sack of shit. You know that I don't like Ready Player One. I hate that we're starting this episode off like this, and I'm quitting the podcast. You're quitting? No, don't yeah. quit. No. We've got you know what? I'm, I'm walking today. off set. I'm walking off set right now. Don't play that garbage. <laughs> don't you dare. I don't know why I let you control Zencaster. So just so you know, audience out there, we started using a new program to, to podcast because we're, we're remote. Because Ontario locked down. We're obviously starting today in Ontario, Canada. And because Ontario locked down, we now have to use some kind of remote recording software like and, what and in this case we're using zencaster and it can works okay me? can i hear you yeah i can hear you was that a joke no I w- it actually wasn't a joke okay well yes i can hear I'm you i'm not used to this remote casting man i don't know if you can hear me or not i can hear you because i can't I can see your you facial before. expressions i know it's tricky that way isn't it tricky yeah Indeed. i How take umbrage you, with this. what's going on what's going on in your life uh it was christmas yesterday yeah, it was. That's a true statement. Yeah, it is true. I had a good Christmas. How was yours? No, it was pretty good. It's quiet because, again, everything is closed. You get anything good? Uh, Yeah, actually, I, I got some uh, AirPods, which is pretty cool. Pros? Yeah, AirPods Pro. Oh. Yeah, not the from- AirPods Max, which... I hope to God you didn't. Where did you get the AirPods ridiculous. Pros from? My girlfriend. She bought me them. And they're pretty good. I enjoy them. They're very nice. I'm wearing them right now, in fact, to record this podcast. That's crazy, man. I'm wearing a wired Xbox headset that you could buy for $54.99 Canadian. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah. Uh, how was your Christmas? What did you get? What did you I do? Got, uh, so I just had dinner with the fam and my lover. It was pretty It was pretty chill. I made a nice roast beef using my oh, sous vide. It's been nice. a while since I brought up my sous vide. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I sous vide it at 132 degrees Fahrenheit for about six hours. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. With, uh, just some, honestly, just some garlic, just some crushed garlic with it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted mm-hmm. the flavor of the meat and a bit of garlic. Yum, Took yum, it out, yum. seared that bitch. Ooh. Made a nice little uh, red wine glaze that I topped it with. It was, uh, it was pretty delicious. My mother uh, made a bunch of stuff. She made some. Uh, Ing? That was a good one. I, I'm going to give you that. Yeah. I actually. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows why we're laughing uh, give them context so we're just gonna move on but i mean she did make stuffing no yeah no i, I know oh she did yeah i made oh, you just enjoyed well. the joke i was making i thought it was funny my joke was okay i was more laughing because you, re- you removed the badumch sound effect oh from zencaster and you couldn't use it there because that yeah, was the perfect opportunity to use that. I know. I deleted it, and I don't know how to get it back. And it's, you used that stupid piano. Why would you use that stupid piano song? It's awful. What do you mean, this one? No, turn it off. Turn it off now. 
Okay, I, I turned it off. I turned it off, man. I love how you when you turn it off, it fades out though. This is kind of a neat program. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not against it. I feel maybe like we uh, never have to see each other again. Maybe not. <laughs> we can use this. Well, we forever. never talk outside this podcast anyway. We don't. So it's almost like we never see each other. How did anyway. we even plan this? Good question. How did we plan this? Just a coincidence. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, what else uh, happened? So I got gifts. So I got a, I got a, you know, some clothing articles. I got this cool shirt from my lover. It has little uh, sushi on it, little pieces of oh, sushis all over cute. it. I really like it. It's probably my favorite shirt now. Really, in general, it's my new, it's my new favorite shirt. Yeah. Well, okay, cool. Yeah, I got uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity for the Nintendo Switch from my sister. So that's pretty. Wow. Cool. Is it fun? Uh, yeah, I've been playing it actually. Quite a it's bit. basically like uh, Dynasty Warriors, isn't it? Yeah, it's the it's the same. Uh, yeah, it's Koei Tecmo, uh, Omega, Omega something. I forget this what the studio is. So Dynasty Warriors always struck me as a game in which you play a Sauron like person. You know, like Sauron in the first. I think it's in Harry the Potter. Yeah, Fel- come on. You see Sauron in the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, uh, and how he's just like smashing people with his mace and they're going flying. Mm-hmm. It always. It always struck me as that because you're so powerful. When you hit enemies, they go flying away from you. Is that happening in this version of the yeah, man, Dynasty it's, it, Warriors? It's incredibly satisfying to just beat the shit out of people. Um, right. Yeah. It, it, it's really good. It's really good. There's a there's another Musou style game. Uh, Musou is the, the the style of game, like the Dynasty Warriors, all that stuff. Uh, there's one coming in February called Persona 5 Strikers that I'm super excited for. Cool. Um, I'm going to get that on my PlayStation 5, baby. But yeah, so I got that. What else did I get? I got some food and stuff like that. It, it, was, it was an all-around good, uh, good good Christmas. My lover also made me a little drawing, which was really nice, and put it in a nice picture frame of my uh, doggies. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mention it on the show, but my, my, my one puppy, he... Uh, not my puppy, but my, my doggy. He passed away like a few weeks ago. You know about this because I yeah. I, I told someone that you know that told you because we yeah, don't talk course. outside this podcast. Of course, uh, that'd be silly. But yeah, she made a drawing and it, and it included him and that made me very emotional, I'll be honest with you. It was really nice, very wholesome. Yeah. I loved yeah, it. I it's probably the, my favorite gift. I saw the the drawing on the socials, on the yeah. social media. Yeah, I posted nice. it. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. It's well drawn. I agree. I agree completely. But yeah, it was it was a great uh, it was a great little Christmas. It was nice. It was small. Still made an excessive amount of food. I made a I make a a, a great stuffing every year. So my mom made one, but I also make a sausage stuffing that uh, I it's a Jamie Oliver recipe that I've been following for many years. But about uh, yeah, I guess last year, maybe the year prior, I kind of put my own twist on it because we didn't buy s- sausage for it. So I just kind of seasoned my own pork. And honestly, I make it better now. Every single year, it's better, baby. Is it better than how Jamie Oliver might make it? Honestly, it is. Honestly, it is. You think so? Yeah, I know so. I know so because I've tasted you've, both. Really? You've had them at Jamie Oliver's house? No, but I've followed Jamie Oliver's recipe to a T, so. How arrogant. Unless he's lying to us. Yeah, Jamie Oliver, I agree. He's incredibly arrogant. Is he? No. He never like struck me as nice arrogant. Guy. He seems like a very nice guy. I really love Jamie Oliver. Great chef. Loved watching his shows on Food Network and stuff. Yeah. Cool, 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 man. Super cool, man. Should we move on to the corrections? Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Let's do it. Why not? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Every week, 
we go back and we look at mistakes we've made on our previous episodes, uh, just for the you know audience out there that may not listen to our show regularly. And so last week, there were a couple mistakes made. I'll call it two that I specifically made. Mm-hmm. Um, one Please. was about the HBO Max sizzle reel. There, I, we mentioned last week that the, there was like an HBO Max released sizzle reel from Warner Brothers. It was released on their social media. It was on Instagram. And it was showing, I said, at least on the show, that it was showing all of the movies, all the 17 films that were coming out in 2021 that were going to release simultaneously on both theatrical release and HBO Max at the same time. That's actually not true. The only movie that they call out in that sizzle reel is actually, well, there's two movies really, but the, the main one they're calling out that is a theatrical slash HBO Max release is Wonder Woman 1984. They actually don't talk about Dune or anything like that, which is kind of interesting. And actually, it plays into the rest of our show because we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go. But they also showed the Justice League Snyder Cut uh, as well, which was never planned for theatrical release anyways. It was only planned for a HBO Max release on its own. So I'm correcting this because you had said last week, do you think that they'll go back on the decision to release these movies, these 17 movies on both HBO Max and and theatrically simultaneously because there's none of these movies are coming just theatrically currently. They've decided that we're, from the from the little things onwards to Dune and to to Suicide Squad, like James Gunn's Suicide Squad, they're all releasing both on HBO Max and theatrically at the same time. And so, just to be as as clear as possible, maybe they will go back on it theoretically. Mm-hmm. I've kind of changed my stance a little bit because I didn't realize that that HBO Max sizzle reel was kind of. I don't know, like timid. Like it was almost a little shy to show these other big movies. Like where was Suicide Squad? Like why not show that? Especially because also it plays into the HBO Max show that's upcoming that, that James Gunn is involved in, which is Peacemaker, which was also absent from the sizzle reel. Although they advertised and they were more than happy to advertise the new House of Dragon uh, Game of Thrones spinoff series. So I think that there's, it's possible. So I'm going back on that. Idea. Did you have any questions before I go into the second correction? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm just glad that that you um, understand the faults that you made. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, I'll go into the second one then. Thank you for being so humble, Adrian. Uh, the, uh, the next one is um, is actually to do with specifically our closer look episode. If you haven't listened to this and you have watched The Mandalorian season two, we launched a a closer look episode looking specifically at The Mandalorian season two, reviewing the season as a whole it's on our uh really it's on every podcasting service now underneath our, our amazon podcast google podcast our... itunes apple podcasts yeah exactly deezer other podcasts did you hear that ding? Yeah. spotify that ding i don't know if you said spotify that's a big one no spotify big did one. you hear that ding come through i didn't hear a ding no okay good i'm sure it did come through though i just didn't hear it i'm not sure we'll find out still getting used to this method of podcasting. But anyways, I was talking about The Mandalorian season two on the podcast about The Mandalorian. There's no spoilers, by the way, in this podcast for that season. But if you did watch The Mandalorian season two, check us out. Baby Yoda dies. Why are you doing that? That's I'm not... just, I just want to spoil it. Yeah, but you realize that if you say something like that, then the audience will probably think that that didn't happen. Or did it? Okay. All right, moving on. Regardless, I don't know why you have to be a troll. Uh, I talked about The Phantom Menace. You talked about how it, it actually had a lot of practical effects. And I rebuttaled you and said, ah, actually, Phantom Menace didn't have a lot of practical effects. It's known to be very CG heavy. I was specifying more so that Phantom Menace 
and the prequels were known to be very CG heavy, and that was the problem with them, which is true, but they still used a lot of practical effects. In fact, they showed in the pod racing scene, all of the little people in the crowd were apparently little uh, Q-tips, little dressed up Q-tips, which is funny. Mm -hmm. So they used actually a lot of practical effects, maybe just as much as the other movies, but because they had such a huge budget, they went like big with all the practical effects and then added all the CG. But with all the Gungans and the... Uh, the degree in which they dived into CG, even with like Jar Jar Binks being an almost a lot of a capacity, he was a very much a CG character. Yeah, more like Jar Jar stinks. Am I right? I didn't actually hate Jar Jar Binks that much. That was supposed to be the drum roll, but I deleted it and I can't use it. I still can't believe you could have deleted a sound effect from the program. When I try to add it back, it it looks for audio files in the, in the, in the file system of this, of this MacBook that I'm using. So I, I don't know how to get it back. So that uh, imagine every time I play the ballpark sound, which probably won't be much this episode, but if it is, it's a drum. It's a. So yeah, that, that that's, that, those were my corrections for last week. I corrected the closer look episode. Uh, they did actually use quite a bit of practical effects in the Phantom Menace and they used uh, CG in, in a crazy amount. And of course the HBO Max sizzle reel doesn't show very many movies for those 17 movies that are releasing in 2021 for the Warner Brothers film slate. So it is a question of whether they might decide to actually uh, go back on their decision to launch theatrically all of their 17 movies at the same time as on HBO Max. But anyway, do you have anything mm-hmm. to say about that there, Adrian? No, other than that's probably my favorite corrections uh, in any episode of the podcast we've done. That's probably because you made the most mistakes. If you tallied them up, you'd notice that yeah, I think you've no, made no. far more mistakes than no. I have. Just saying. Oh, man. Just, just saying, Adrian. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again, and he said, Season's greetings, fellow film fans. Another exciting podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't point out one huge correction. What Adrian actually should have been saying is that Ready Player One was a fun flick made in the style of an 80s movie and paying homage to a couple decades of nerddom. I'll also add that the Ready Player Two novel was released this year with talk of a movie adaptation happening. Also, a semi-correction, Wonder Woman 84 is actually available to Canadians to stream but at a fee of $29.99. There is no actual date of when it will be free on Crave, but likely will be free by April. Hope that you both had a welcome Yule, a Merry Christmas, Hanukkah Semich, Happy Kwanzaa, Blessed Las Pasadas, butchering this, Celebratory Human Light, and Low Saturn Alia. You're really Always. showing your whiteness. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate it. Always your fan. No offense, but Ken's got some spelling and grammar errors in here. Okay. Like it's not perfect. I'm I'm dodging the grammar errors. Like for instance, always you fan. Always you fan. Always your fan, but currently at a social distance is what it says. And then he signed once again, Kenneth in quotations here, watching Santa through binoculars. Talk about a recluse. He only comes out once a year and he never catches any flack for it. Probably lives up there to avoid the taxes. A quote from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, said by Jim Carrey. Mm. Taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. Yeah. You actually believe this? Yeah. I thought we don't talk politics on this podcast. It's not politics. It's just about taxation. No, that that's very much 
politics. Since when, Simon? Since when? Well, it's what the government does or doesn't do. Anyways, what have you been watching? <laughs> Wait, so you you rather be like the Wild West out there. You don't want to pay any taxes. You just kind of want things to just be, you know, if someone shoots someone in the face, they shouldn't go to jail or anything like that. They should just kind what of What does that have to do with taxes? My taxes. How do you think any gets, anything gets paid for? How do you think I don't know. I don't care about or, other people's taxes. Or how I, the, I just the road's pay paved. Why do I have to pay taxes? Oh, so you're just selfish. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I see. Well, you could just, you know, just cut to the chase and say, I'm a super selfish person. Oh, oh you're just putting words in my mouth, you, you daft bozo. That's what you just said. I'm just, I'm just repeating it back to you. I've never said super. Okay, anyway. So, uh, Kenneth is calling out how good uh, Ready Player One is, or at least it was fun. He's not claiming that it's amazing, but let's, let's, let's just acknowledge here that Ready Player One, the movie, is above 70% in audience score. And in critics score on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just You're gonna so say that. Annoying. Kind of excited for Ready Player Two. Could be interesting. Could be bad. We don't know. It will be we, bad. Uh, he is also mentioning uh, the fact that Wonder Woman 84, 1984 is is actually available to Canadians. We talked about how it was disappointing that HBO Max isn't in Canada. We can't access Wonder Woman 1984, and Crave didn't pick up the movie, which they had done with. Uh, one of the great movies on HBO Max, American Pickle. Dude, they chose honestly, not to do I'm getting it. sick of your shit right now. I, they like, chose it, not to do it. it. It's You're quite literally just trying to say things to upset me this entire goddamn episode. We're only no, like, I'm what, not. 20 minutes in, you freaking bozo? You spent 20 minutes last episode telling me how much you hate Ready Player One. I was very polite, and you just kept attacking it. I'm just saying what movies are pretty good and well-regarded by you know audiences and critics alike that's all i'm doing i'm not uh, i'm not really trying to push your buttons at all uh but regardless 29.99 for wonder woman 1984 as a rental is that steep it seems steep to me i'm not doing it that's what i'm gonna say uh i'm not gonna pay for it it's it seems like a good deal in comparison to uh raya and the last dragon which is going to be the 29.99 plus the 12 dollar subscription fee disney plus what a ridiculous thing no it'll be 35 dollars the thirty-five? Yeah, it was thirty-five dollars for Mulan. Ugh. We don't actually. We don't know how much Raya and the Last Dragon will be. Let's be honest. No, I think we literally said it on the one episode. No, I don't know how much it's going to be. They never announced it. I mean, you may have tried to announce it, but I don't think that was announced by Disney. Like the investors' conference was where they said that Raya and the Last Dragon would go to premier access on Disney Plus, but I'm fairly certain they did not say how much it would cost officially are you looking this up right now because you're oddly quiet yeah i can't see you this time thirty dollars who said thirty dollars oh sorry no you're right you know what you're right i'll give you credit on there no they might lower the price or they might make it more who knows yeah they're just mentioning mulan was thirty dollars so yeah it would be a damn shame if they kept that same pricing scheme it would uh, be ridiculous anyways what have you been watching uh, I've been watching, I watched a couple things. One is I watched Palm Springs, but I know you didn't watch Palm Springs because it's not in our copy here. Uh, so we won't talk about that. Although Palm Springs, I'll just say, is a really great movie. It's available now in Canada on Amazon Prime. It was available in the United States on Hulu for a long while before us Canadians got it. But I think it's awesome. It's the Andy Samberg movie that follows the kind of style of Groundhog Day and that it's a repeating day type scenario. Uh, it's great. And uh, I think we'll talk about it when you watch it in the next few weeks. Otherwise, I watched Soul, which was <gasps> just released on Disney+. Plus. It stars uh, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. 
and uh, you did as well, as far as I know. What did you think of it, buddy? I really, really liked it. I thought it was a uh, really good movie. And I sat there. Once the movie finished, I feel like pound for pound, Pete Docter is the best animated movie film director. When you really think about it, he made, for one, Monsters, Inc. Directed that. Co-directed, I guess I should say. Yeah. yeah. He did Up. He did Inside Out. And then he came yeah. out with this movie. Not only that, but he also was the, he, he wrote the main story for Toy Story 1 and 2, as well as Wally. Like this guy is incredibly talented and he knows how to make a phenomenal movie. Soul is maybe my least favorite out of the movies that I just mentioned, but it's still oh, really, really good. And I loved it. It's again, comparing amazing things together and, this one amazing thing just happens to be my least favorite out of the other amazing things, which is not really talking down about it. I think it's fantastic. I, I don't, I have quite literally no negative things to say about it. I think except it's an, that it's the worst movie out of the last six movies you just named. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it's my, it's my <laughs> least yeah, when you put it like that, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I, I genuinely like, I, I really loved it. I, I had a great time watching it. I think it's incredibly like emotional. It's about, uh, it's really as a blanket statement, it's about, you know, finding what your purpose in life is. And I think Pete doctor does a really good job when it comes to that sort of stuff. You know, this movie is about emotion, uh, inside out sorry um this movie's about you know finding your purpose inside out is about emotion up is about loss um you know monsters inc is about working <laughs> <laughs> sure uh you know and uh yeah it's it's pretty much you know about jamie fox's character uh who thinks his purpose is to be a jazz musician and uh you know once he gets the gig of his lifetime he ends up dying and it kind of goes off from there. And again, I think it's very heartfelt. I think it's really funny. Um, I really, I really dug this movie. What did you think about it? I don't know if it would be the least, my least favorite out of the ones you named. I think it's actually one of my favorites. Interestingly, I, I think that it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's brilliant. I think that the the animations better than ever. I think that the the idea of going between the real world and this like nether world of like this weird purgatory type scenario uh, was really cool and creative. The animation in the purgatory place was phenomenal. It also plays very well on an OLED. I must say that dude, uh, there's a lot of like yeah. color on black, which is, is awesome. So like it's turning off the light on, on an OLED TV or, or a phone. If you're watching it on a phone, uh, it just does a great job. And the contrast, the ultra contrast looks brilliant. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, man. I think it's a beautiful movie. Just it's visually stunning. And I think Pixar has such an amazing like animation style. Uh, Watching this movie kind of makes me think about how lacking all these other animation studios are. I feel like they don't have as much of a unique flair or maybe maybe they do. Most notably, I feel like Illumination Studios has a very specific animation type that I just feel like kind of sucks. Funny you mentioned that actually. I just watched uh, the new or relatively new Illumination movie, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch. Any good? That that is actually something I also watched this week, um, just to get ready for Christmas. I guess I actually liked it quite a bit. I I found that the 
The music in in it is pretty good. I don't find that it's phenomenal though. So I, I kind of agree with you. I just find that it's kind of mediocre is kind of the word. When you have a studio like Pixar in comparison, I feel like that's the problem. It's just it's all relative, and so that's the issue. Maybe I don't know if it's that they're making bad movies. I really enjoyed uh, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Also, it's the same story we've seen a million times. I'm not sure we needed that movie again, but I, I do like it. And Benedict Cumberbatch did a great job with the voice, so that's cool. yeah. I feel like Illumination Studios really they just bring in these huge name actors and then make a movie that I, I I tend to find yeah mediocre at best in a lot of cases I, I really enjoyed Despicable Me that was one of their first movies but every movie that followed I was like this kind of sucks bless you this kind of sucks yeah I don't know there's something about Illumination Studios that I just really dislike I don't like that animation style and it's not visually appealing and I feel like if you just made a quick glance you know it's, I feel like you could argue like oh no it looks just as good as Pixar but it I there is a very evident difference in quality, in animation quality. Um, hell, man, like even DreamWorks, although I don't love too many DreamWorks movies, I, I, I enjoy, you know, Shrek 1 and 2. I enjoy How to Train Your Dragon 1 through 3. I think the, the, the animation in that's like fairly good, but it just doesn't hold up to the quality of Pixar, but Disney as well, I guess. But definitely these Pixar movies. Uh, how you mentioned it, yeah, watching this movie on an OLED when when uh, Jamie Foxx's character dies, which again is in the first like 10 minutes, he like falls down and becomes like this soul. And he's walking up this set of stairs and it's so visually stunning because the yeah. entire background is just totally black with this beautiful white staircase and, you know, these stars in the distance. And again, it's just unreal. Like I, I, I'm quite literally like enamored watching the screen and it, it doesn't it doesn't let off and. Yeah, the contrast between that world and the real world is is really great. And they add in this cool like 2D animation style with like the Jerry characters and, yeah, and I guess yeah. and, and Gary, is it Terry or I think it's Terry. Jerry and Terry. Um, and uh yeah, man, they, they just know how to animate films so yeah, incredibly well. Like there's a reason why the best. The music, by the way, not only the music, but the the actual sound mixing and sound editing with like a 5.1 type system. And it's kind of, I feel like it would have been phenomenal in theaters. And I kind of feel bad that they weren't able to show this one in theaters. But obviously, we're living in a pandemic and there's no way we would have, we would have been able to watch that in Canada, as an example, with the theaters surrounding us being closed. But, Unless we uh, drove to Manitoba. Yeah. Saskatchewan. Sure. Yeah, easy. S- simple trip. Cross, yeah, it only takes about like eighteen years. Yeah, that, that yeah, uh, but the yeah, the, and the music again, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross once again, they're just so good at what they do. I just find that they, their, their composing style, every score they make, I'm a huge fan of, and I just want to listen to it afterwards. And I find that it creates, it's such a diverse score too because there's all this jazz music and then they dive into their the like the for instance the really the real world is all jazz music really and then once you get back into the 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 purgatory type world before the great beyond i guess uh that place is all their very typical kind of not typical but going more into what they they've done for like the social network as an example for the the type of score that they've created with more electronic type music and I just love it. Their, their music is so good. And every, th- every time, every time, 
every time I hear it, it uh, I, I've been impressed and I, I just find that it, it just draws me into the movie and it makes it more immersive. And yeah, I, I don't know. Did you notice there was Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross once again? Um, uh, no, it seems like everything I've watched lately is, is those two guys. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't pick up on that. I, I noticed it once I was watching the credits. I was like, oh, that oh, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, yeah. it is a very unique flair. Like it doesn't sound like anything like any Else. other. Yeah. Like it, it, they, they really know how to make a, a an amazing score. They do. Just audio in general. Uh, like I mean, obviously music has a huge piece of what this, this movie is, is a, is a huge piece of what this movie is like, obviously, cause it's about a jazz musician who just makes it and, the all the jazz in the on Earth, I guess the, the some of the characters actually say you're just jazz, jazzing. I think that's that's what they mm-hmm. <laughs> describe, uh, like I guess living at, at some points as well. Tina Fey, by the way, and Jamie Foxx do a phenomenal job in their roles. I agree; I they have they, really great chemistry. They do, yeah. And, and the story honestly got to me. It really did. I it was another crier for me. I don't know if you made you cry at all, but it, it definitely by the end of it. Um, my girlfriend definitely was not crying and I was, and I was kind of, I was kind of hiding it a little bit because she wasn't crying. Mm. And so it was a, yeah, it, it got me a, it, pretty well at the end there. Just, I found that they just, uh, you're right. Pete doctor, he makes, he makes really great movies. And I, I, I can't understate that. It might be my favorite. I really love inside out, oh. but this one might be my favorite. I, oh, I that's say. interesting. I think yeah. it's, it's evolving. Like his, his style is evolving. Everything, uh, it felt real too. And even New York City, it just felt so alive. Like it felt, even though again, it's an animated movie, the the way it was animated and again, the way the sounds were done, even when there's a, there was a scene in which they're walking through New York City after, uh, after getting out of a, basically a building, they come out of a building and they, they get into New York City and suddenly it's just this bla- flash of, of sound of the car's, uh, rushing by, people walking by, you know, it's a bustling place. I mean, when there's no pandemic. <laughs> it also kind of made me feel like I missed the pre-pandemic days as well. It's another one of those oh movies that kind of made me feel that way. Dude, I agree completely. Uh, just, just just real quick, I, I just want to add, when you watch movies and TV shows now and people aren't wearing masks in them, does it throw you off? Because I feel like I've been so accustomed to just seeing everyone wear a mask out in public that whenever I'm watching, like, again, I, I was watching New Girl as an example. And I know the, the, it was filmed prior to the pandemic, many years prior, like three or four years prior. And I always like see people touching and hugging. And it it genuinely makes me cringe at this point. <laughs> it, it's it's weird. This pandemic has really changed how my brain works. Yeah, it's less so about the masks, though, but and about the second thing you just mentioned, which is people getting too close to each other. Like the six feet distancing thing, especially because at work, like I'm constantly thinking about that and trying to get people to separate who are not accustomed to it, like part-timers who are working or seasonals who have just started, and they just tend to stand close to their colleagues, which is not really acceptable, which is trying to, you know make sure that everyone is as safe as possible. And so standing right next to each other for long periods of time is kind of frowned upon. So it is to just keep people safe as Tom Cruise would, would yell. And so that part is always very evident in a, in a show like Schitt's Creek or what other show have I been watching? Even, even watching like raised by wolves, like <laughs> seeing the children getting too close to each other. I'm like, they're sleeping kind of 
they're kind of close to each other. Coronavirus. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's kind of jarring and it's kind of sad that that's the case. It almost feels like they're living in a fantasy world, like we're watching Game of Thrones. You know, <laughs> when we're watching we're watching Soul. Well, Soul is actually a very fantasy realm, but if even when we're watching like Shit's Creek or uh, like a show like Brooklyn Nine Nine or anything like that, I felt I feel like they're anyone shaking hands is like, oh, what are you doing? Don't do I that. know, man? It's it's weird. I I agree. Can't even L bump anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that, Simon. I agree with that. Love this movie. Me too. Amazing. Uh, yeah. I, there's nothing about it I disliked, as you as you said, but it's more than that for me. I, I, I feel like it might be one of my favorite movies of the year because, again, I have how it made me feel and the just the – it's just dazzling. It's beautifully created. The music is absolutely amazing. Once again, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I don't know. I uh, I loved it. No, man, I, I agree with the whole like it, it might be one of my favorite movies of the year as well. Definitely like, may, may, yeah, maybe even like top. Well, definitely top five, but maybe even top three. Like the only other two that pop into my brain immediately is uh, Trial of Chicago 7 is by far probably my favorite movie of the year. And uh, I really loved the like the Invisible Man that came out. Right. Yeah. Pandemic. But I, I, I like, I think that movie's genuinely fantastic, but it was also the last movie I saw in theaters prior to the pandemic. So and maybe you just uh, missed the theaters. I miss the theaters so much. I, I know so much. I mean, we did get to watch Tenet twice, twice in theaters, but, uh, Tenet, Tenet, uh, twice in theaters, but, um, yeah, I really, I really miss that pre pandemic theater experience. <laughs> like so much. So, <laughs> God damn well, it. Even if we could do like a pandemic theater experience, it didn't kind of make me feel guilty. The problem with going to see Tenet even is I felt kind of guilty. Go- Did you feel that way? I didn't really talk about that, actually. I realized more and more that even like I feel guilty not going to the theaters because I want Cineplex to survive and any of these theater chains to survive. Because we, like we didn't go to the Waterloo Princess Twin Theaters, as an example, which is a small theater chain that could easily close down. And then at the same time, I felt guilty going to the theaters because I felt like, are we betraying our fellow man? <laughs> yeah. Like spreading this thing. You know what I mean? Like, or, because it started to pick up after Tenet came out in Ontario specifically, the cases started to surge. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I, yeah. I felt the same way. It was also incredibly eerie, like walking into there. And there's just this, uh, this, this sense of like, I shouldn't be here right now. Like this, yeah. this feeling of dread in the back of my head. Uh, like it's not over yet. Why? Why do we get to enjoy this? You know, what I, I do. Mean? I get to experience this while people are dying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it fun. sucks. Yeah, man, can't wait for this to be bloody over. Yeah, man, I'm excited. We wait. Vaccines are coming, baby. Vaccines are coming. Let's move on to the news, shall we? No. Well, that's too bad. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, the Warner Brothers' decision to premiere their entire 2021 film slate, both theatrically and on the HBO Max streaming service, has sent ripple effects throughout the film industry in more ways than one. As reported by Publication Deadline, most of the filmmakers with a 2021 Warner Brothers film release were apparently only informed of the announcement hours prior to it being announced. Directors James Gunn and Denis Villeneuve are prime examples of directors who did not take this news lightly. A specific instance of a director who was given an inadequate heads up is John Lee Hancock, the director of the very first 2021 movie release, The Little Things, which premieres in January. 
In an interview with Deadline, he calls out his disappointment in not being involved in the decision, but is nevertheless happy that his film will at least see the light of day sooner rather than later. Dune director Denis Villeneuve, on the other hand, is very displeased with the position his film has landed in. Rumor has it that Dune production company Legendary Pictures is currently fighting with Warner Brothers to get the film released theatrically only. Due to the anticipated rapid rollout of COVID-19 vaccines, Legendary argues that it's absurd to not specifically plan for a major Dune theatrical release, considering the film is due to launch at the end of 2021. On top of all of this, website The Verge reports that Sony Pictures executive Tony Vincicura has referenced an increased interest from filmmakers wanting to work with a company like Sony Pictures, who has little to no skin in the game when it comes to streaming. Vincicura stated that, quote, The real benefit has been the number of incoming calls from talent to us saying, We want to be doing business with you because we know you're a theatrical distributor and producer, unquote. Adrian, this story continues. What do you think about this news? Good guy Sony coming in and 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 being the being the being the the the, the, the guardian the of the man. theaters, baby. <laughs> just, they're just businessing it up here. Hey it's man, like, they're making the right choices. They put they're in my good graces. Yeah, I guess so. But it's not like they're they're not free of launching their movies on streaming services. I mean, like Greyhound came out. Tom Hanks was disappointed that Greyhound launched on Apple TV+. That happened because they didn't want to launch theatrically. Although that was a time in which, again, the pandemic was just starting out. And it, and it really did make sense to launch Greyhound on Apple TV+. What Good Warner movie. Brothers has done is the absolute extreme. Like Warner Brothers moved to move Wonder Woman 1984 to theaters and HBO Max on Christmas this year was actually not that extreme. And actually, I think most filmmakers understood that that was necessary, but they mm -hmm. didn't think it was necessary to completely abandon ship for theaters, really, for the whole year. Like all 17 films, you need to commit now to do all 17 films only, sorry, not only anywhere, on, on streaming simultaneously with, with theatrical releases. That was the question I think a lot of filmmakers were asking. And then the fact that they actually didn't tell anyone before, like, until hours before they made this decision and this announcement to the world is ridiculous. No, I agree completely, man. That's that is a messed up decision, and and that's kind of what I was saying last week. Is I, I just feel like they are going to back back down from this. There, there's so much backlash on this, not only from the directors themselves, but I feel like the internet is. Maybe not, but I, I just feel I don't like... Know. I think that it's going to build enough hype for HBO Max that I think like websites like Deadline or Variety, which we get a lot of our stories from, I think that they they see the problem with this for the industry, but I don't think the that... The best websites out there. I don't think the fans care. Like I don't think the fans want this not to happen. I think that people who have HBO Max are like, oh, this is awesome. Like people who are gearing up already to watch Justice League, the Justice League Snyder Cut, and who already had HBO Max or are fans of HBO, I don't think that they care that this is happening at all. This is not a big thing. And, and it's really just generating hype and people are like, oh, well, maybe I should take a, a better look at HBO Max if I you know, don't already have it. In Canada, it frustrates me more than anything else. Like I'm frustrated because I obviously want these movies to launch in theaters so that theaters stay open because the theatrical experience is very important, as Christopher Nolan points out constantly. But also because we don't get HBO Max in Canada and that they don't seem to want to make a deal with Canadian 
distributors like crave because why don't we get movies like dude it doesn't make sense considering bell media owns the rights to hbo distribution in canada like warner brothers must have done some sort of sneaky maneuver that hbo max is technically not under the hbo umbrella like that's the that's the only thing i can see because we get literally everything hbo otherwise other than this hbo max original content except for Again, you mentioned this previously about that shit movie, American Pickle, that came out to, to Crave at the same time. I'll take that. I don't care. I know you don't like it. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah. It's a good movie, but you don't like it. I get it. All right. Listen here, Simon. I'm getting sick of this. I'm getting sick of you conning <laughs> everything I'm saying. Oh. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you, you know what I'm saying. I yeah, lost yeah. my train of thought entirely. <laughs> you know, just fill in the blanks. <laughs> I'm done speaking. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, like I'm it's, not even joking. I drew like the biggest blank of all time there. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you just went went for the jab for American P- pickle, and then uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Was it worth it? What else you were yes. saying? Sure, it was worth it, it. It was. It is weird. I completely agree with you. Like Crave Bell should have an option to put these up, but I think they have to pay probably more money to Warner Brothers. I think that's what's happening. The the thing is it's not it's not that crazy though that Bell wouldn't have access to this or wouldn't choose to stream this stuff because Crave was always weirdly it always had old legacy content from HBO, like The Wire, which is a great show, but it like it was old. And it didn't have anything new. It didn't have Game of Thrones for the longest time. And it, we didn't really have an an outlet to watch Game of Thrones until like six months after you could rent it. Did you realize that? Or or buy it, I should say, as a yeah, box set on iTunes. Yeah, like, there was only one way to get it. It makes no sense, though. It, they, they're such a backwards organization. I don't know if it's HBO that didn't want to allow Crave to have access or what the deal was. But the fact that now we are in this situation again is just so frustrating. Like, we just got HBO content like a year ago or two years ago, and now we don't have HBO content again, kind of. You know what I mean? Dude, uh, no, I know exactly what you mean. It's like there's a – I feel like there's a price to convenience that I'm willing to pay. And I used to like torrent quite literally all HBO stuff all the time because I was like I'm not going to – for one, I'm not going to wait like six months to a year for the season to be available to purchase. But on top of that, like – Wonder Woman is this prime example of it releasing for thirty fucking dollars yeah, to watch on my own TV. Like at it's a home. lot of money, you know what I mean. And again, like people always make that argument. It's like, oh, you're going to spend more than thirty dollars if you go to the theater. Yeah, I'm watching it on this huge screen. I'm going for the experience. I can eat a nice bag of popcorn, maybe a hot dog, maybe some. Yeah, imagine imagine you went to the theaters and you bought popcorn. That's another ten bucks right there. And then you buy a drink, and then that's another five bucks right there. See, you already spent fifteen bucks just on the food. Like, well, I had food though. Yeah, yeah, you piece of shit. (laughs) Whoa, I don't know if we're gonna call no, no. Anyone that makes that argument, fuck you. Just to be honest, though, that argument is made all over social media. I know it's it's made over all over Twitter. That is not something we're making up. Like that was made when it came to Mulan, the premier access. People made that argument. Like what? Pulan. Okay. Okay, Adrian. Pulan. Whatever you want. Why? Why are you so shocked? I just don't like that joke. You just have repeated that joke for the last half a year and i'm not sure i've ever liked it simon get prepared once that sequel gets announced because i'm gonna start calling it Toulon. okay <laughs> get prepared what? that is so dumb 
but sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think this is necessarily going to mean that Sony's going to have more options for movies. Like, you know, better filmmakers are going to... Well, maybe it's possible. I just feel like Sony would also make this decision if they also had a streaming service. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, get, I think yeah, they just I don't have a streaming service. And as a result, they're like, oh, look at us. We're benefiting by this. So we should just claim that we're the white knight. We're, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do that. We're just the best. Yeah. We care about talent and filmmakers. I mean, they don't necessarily have a streaming service, but they do have a way to rent their movies through, I guess, PlayStation. Like They're like PlayStation video. That, that's really the only thing, but that's very different. That doesn't than mean that, anything, that, though. That's that streaming service like entirely. Yeah. That's not really the same yeah. thing at all. Let's move on, shall we? Shall we? Number two. As called out by entertainment website IGN, there might be a good chance that we will see actor Samuel L. Jackson reprise his role as Star Wars character Mace Windu sooner rather than later. Earlier last week, to celebrate Samuel L. Jackson's birthday, the Star Wars Twitter page tweeted out a picture of Jackson as his character Mace Windu with the caption, quote, The party isn't over, it's just beginning. Sending a very happy birthday to Samuel L. Jackson, unquote. The last time we saw Jedi Mace Windu was when he fell out of a window and was... (laughs) and was believed to have died after his altercation with the evil Darth Sidious in Star Wars Episode 3, The Revenge of the Sith. What a ridiculous line. (laughs) Last time we saw him is he fell out of a window. (laughs) It's so silly. It's funny funny because I thought, I was wondering if you would point, you would call attention to it, but you started laughing before I read it. So you clearly read it ahead of time. And so I decided to accentuate the line even further just for you. I appreciate I that. You. I appreciate You're you. And I appreciate it's too, down, it's too bad we don't have the, but um, because you could have used it, but I got last. something better. Oh no. no. Charge. Charge, Adrian. You're welcome. Charge. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. What do you think about this? Do you think this will happen? I actually think that they are dropping a legitimate hint. When I saw the initial title of this article on IGN, I was like, this is clickbait. But I, when I read it, and then I went to the actual Twitter post from Star Wars to Samuel L. Jackson, I instantly thought, no, this is actually something. I, I actually think that this is possible. What do you think? Uh, I agree with you. Like initially, no, I- Honestly, I, I had the exact same thought process as you. It's like, ah, this is definitely just like some clickbait article, but it just seems too specific. Like, why would you say the party isn't over? It's just the beginning. Like, like the, that's that's a very specific line of you could write anything else. You know right. what I mean? I, I just well, I, they're, I, they're being very like, I don't know. They're they're using that. It's party in multiple ways, like party as in birthday party party as in obviously Samuel Jackson in Star Wars Revenge of the Sith says this party is over. Yeah. And then and so he's saying they're saying this party isn't actually over. It's just beginning, which because he says the line this party is over in the movie, it makes it more it seems more deliberate that they're trying to say the party isn't over for Samuel L. Jackson. We're definitely bringing him back to the party. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I think it's possible. They had, uh, they had an opportunity not to spoil anything from the Mandalorian, but they definitely had the opportunity to possibly bring him back in that show. And uh, I feel like they missed it. So if anything, Um, I would like to see him maybe come back in. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in like Ahsoka or something like that. I just don't know what other show or what other 
an Obi-Man. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. You are so right. You are so right. It would be cool. Why the fuck wouldn't he be in this? Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? I'm okay with it being a completely a Mace Windu show. Samuel Jackson is awesome in everything he's in. I don't think I I I can't get enough of Samuel Jackson. I I think that he I, I don't think there's a rule in which I'm like that's bad. If he's in a really bad movie, the movie's still kind of good because Samuel Jackson is in it. Is that is that not correct? So I cannot think of a single movie that I've watched that is bad that he is in. Well, like this pretty bad, like Snakes on a Plane. Isn't How really dare good, you? Is you take that back right now. <laughs> no, that I, movie I'm sucks. Not, I'm not like necessarily saying it's bad movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's a fun like, movie because he's in it. Though it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, like, it's it's a great movie because he's in the movie. No, you know I what? Know. I, you, oh my god, he makes things better. Is all I'm saying. I agree. If he was in Ready Player One, maybe that would have been a good movie. You're right. Maybe if he's in Ready Player Player Two, you'll like it. See? Honestly, I probably would if he was. Also, I can't get enough of him in. Honestly, as Nick Fury, like I love that he's got a show now. The, his Marvel show, I'm so excited for that Marvel show. Probably, to be honest, almost more than any others, except for maybe WandaVision. Not because it's coming up soon, because it's such a great idea. I agree completely. WandaVision is easily my uh, my most anticipated MCU show. I, I no, I, I think I'm uh, in agreement with you. I think that would probably be my second favorite, just because of his chemistry with Ben Mendelsohn as well, and how much I love Ben Mendelsohn's character from uh, Captain Marvel. I, I think I think that's going to be such a fun show to watch. I think it's going to be hilarious because they are yeah. just two very serious yet funny characters, and when they're together, I feel like it's going to be this awesome like kind of buddy cop show in the vein of. A buddy cop show that I can't think. Of. <laughs> Thank you. That was very insightful. Thanks. I appreciate. No worries. Man, anytime. Always. Anytime. But yeah, I am excited to see what they do with this. I'm really interested to see if this is happening for real. And if they don't do anything with anything with this, I feel like this was a stupid post for his birthday. I agree. I, what I hope for is that they don't reveal this at some sort of investors call and they set this up prior to it happening. Oh the, yeah, for sure. Like do a like a surprise in one of the episodes. Of yeah, one of the I know. Show. Yeah, that would yeah, be way cool. Like just show like a purple lightsaber on the edge of a screen or something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, and the purple lightsaber automatically makes Mace Windu such a cool character too, man. And the fact that Sam Jackson chose the purple lightsaber and he chose the hilt and he got to he got to actually have a purple lightsaber, whereas nobody had that so far. There's also the concept that purple is clearly. Obviously, not to talk color theory from kindergarten, but is the combination of blue and red, and what does that mean? You know, is Samuel Samuel L. Jackson's Mace Window? How much does he live on the edge? Because I feel like we didn't, we don't get to see enough of him almost in the prequels. We do see a lot of him, and he's pretty cool. I think he was gonna, if I recall correctly, that fight scene between him and Darth Sidious, he was gonna win. Yeah, no, he definitely or, was. And I then mean, Darth Sidious could have let him win, to be honest. Yeah, might have let him know. But there's the uh, it's not the Clone Wars like Dave Filoni's animated Clone Wars series, but there's that 2D three episode sort of mini series of the Clone Wars. You know what I'm talking about? You ever watch that? Two no. Oh, you haven't. Uh, long story short, there was a like prior to the Clone Wars, Dave Dave Filoni's Clone Wars series. There's a, a Clone Wars like animated feature, and it's kind of like this 2D, almost in the vein of like Samurai Jack, 
sort of art style. Oh, okay. And uh, Mace Windu is is in it, and uh, he beat like he fucks up General Grievous. He he, f- oh, okay. he fucks up General really? Grievous, and that's why like Grievous has the like like breathing problems or like this heart respirator in Revenge of the Sith. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. So like Mace Windu, yeah, he's the one that you know damages General Grievous in that way. Uh, cool. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I I'd love to see more of that because um, he's he seems like such a formidable like a opponent and for, formidable just fighter i i really want to see more of his character and i would love it to bring it back again i feel like such a hypocrite because i keep on saying this sort of stuff about star wars and then at the same time complain about how small the universe feels um but yeah i don't know i do love these characters and i do want to see more of them and again i feel like in the prequel series one of the biggest missteps in a lot of cases is how little we see of some of these characters. Uh, most notably like Darth Maul, you know, being killed off in uh, Phantom Menace, obviously but being he, brought back in the Clone Wars and stuff. And then we do see quite a bit of Mace Windu, but I want to see more of him. I, I want to see, cause he's known as one of the greatest Jedi as well. Right. So yeah, the mystery almost kind of makes them better. Like Boba Fett kind of thing. That's why I was kind of worried about the book of Boba. Only because I, as a as a series, and we're going to talk about that actually briefly in this podcast, but only briefly. The book of Boba was announced, obviously, for as a as a Disney Plus series about Boba Fett, basically a series about Boba Fett. And I wonder if that's kind of going too deep with a character that's kind of really cool because he's mysterious. Yeah, even Darth Maul is really mysterious, and that kind of makes him even more intriguing. Maybe Mace Windu, you know, it would he would suffer from too much information. I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see what they could do with it. But although, I mean, the more we've seen of Boba Fett, the cooler, the he more is. interesting he is. So I'm not sure that that's necessarily true. But yeah, it depends how well they do it. I guess. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is just speculation. But I'd love to see this. Yes, indeed. Number three, as reported by website Variety. Shia LaBeouf's career might be in hot water after artist FKA Twigs came forward with a lawsuit against LaBeouf for claims of sexual battery. According to the details of the suit, Shia LaBeouf verbally and physically abused FKA Twigs, knowingly gave her an STD, and apparently shot stray dogs to prepare for his role in the David Iyer film, The Tax Collector. Since the filing of the suit, multiple other women have come forward with details of past altercations with LaBeouf. For the last couple of years, Shia was seen to have a bit of a Hollywood comeback after having been known as a bit of a wild card in the early 2010s for his behavior offset. It was almost perceived that his rocky history with the law was a thing of the past, as he was praised for his 2019 roles in the film Honey Boy and Peanut Butter Falcon, and was then cast in director Olivia Wilde's next big film, Don't Worry Darling. But in September of this year, his role in Don't Worry Darling was filled by Dunkirk actor Harry Styles due to cited scheduling conflicts. Recently, details have come to light to suggest that the real reason he was booted from Wilde's next film has much to do with his attitude and demeanor. Wilde reportedly has a no-asshole policy on set for her movies, and Shia LaBeouf was seen as someone who could be described as not an easy guy to work with. Adrian, what do you think of this? Uh, This this kind of took a complete 180 in terms of we were all cheery about Mace Windu and Samuel L. Jackson's birthday, and now Shia LaBeouf. I mean, yeah, man, this this sucks. He seems always in trouble. Like, come on, man. Like, 
He's so skilled, though. He's a good actor. It sucks. He's a fantastic it's just, actor. It's just stupid. And yeah, like anytime, I, I, yeah, I feel like this happens every few years, you know, like he has this almost renaissance of sorts and then falls from grace and then comes back and then falls from grace. If any of this is true, I mean, like, come on, man, fuck you. Like, why, why are you like this? Especially the part, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say especially, but you know, just shooting dogs is fucked up. I knew you were going (laughs) to mention that, (laughs) but obviously like sexual battery and all that is, is, is an atrocious thing to say. I I, giving someone an STD when you know you have one. That's messed up. Knowingly. That's disgusting. Come on. It's terrible. It's just, it's all terrible. Like, but there's other people have come forward saying that they've had similar experiences or that he lied to like Sia or Sia, that artist, I think it's Sia, right? Yeah. It is Sia. Yeah. Who yeah, does she's that? got some pretty good music, but um, yeah, like the she writes a lot of Rihanna's songs. Fun fact. Oh yeah, yeah that's true too. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, she still cool. does. That's why when she came out with that one song, that was super popular. Everyone's like, "Oh, is this Rihanna?" No, it's Sia. Sia, and there she wrote go. Rihanna's songs. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but uh, Shia LaBeouf was in a Sia music video at one point, and apparently they had a relationship or something for a brief moment, and he said to her that he wasn't in a relationship at the time, but he actually was. So he, he tricked her into an adulterous relationship is what she claimed. That's, that's what, that's her perspective. So it's not quite as severe, but it's still like, still a shitty thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another, I can't remember who it was, but there's somebody else who had some, a similar like battery situation. And, and like Shia LaBeouf admitted to the, the abuse. Like he's just saying like the, he, he does do this. It's just a strange situation, but I just, I kind of was rooting for him because I thought he was going to make a comeback. He, he's actually a part of, or uh, the main character in one of my favorite shows on even Family Stevens? Channel. Even Yeah, Even yeah. Stevens is so good. I loved Even Stevens. It's such huh? a good show. And then he, he, again, he got the Transformers role and it just seemed to take, his whole career seemed to take a weird dive when he was arrested at that cabaret Mm-hmm. for being drunk and yelling obscenities like w- what is this like why is this happening i don't know man i i think that there's different types of like famous people and i feel like a lot of famous people from a young age when they get famous too fast and then have that extra bit of money and freedom you see this all the time where the fame gets to them and and they kind of go downhill uh in in some cases it's more extreme than not you know, we, we have he's not that. young anymore, though. Like, oh, no, go no. downhill. Like he's he's a, like, no, that's not what I'm saying that like, it's not when you're just young. It's 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 just these young actors slash actresses that get famous at a young age, you know, can can fall into these situations. Uh, I feel like I'm going to do a quick aside. Have you heard about the Britney Spears conspiracy stuff? <laughs> what is that? OK, so maybe I don't know. Long story maybe some short, of it. Britney Spears. Obviously, you know, got super famous at a young age, yada, yada, yada. But she has a like a boyfriend that uh, she's been living with. And obviously she tried to she tried to sue her father uh, a while back because uh, I don't know the exact story. Her father was just like taking her money or like kind of keeping her trapped. But anyways, if you look on her Instagram, Britney Spears's Instagram, I went down this rabbit hole because my sister told me about it it's really weird the shit she's posting and it's there's a thing that's like essentially just like free britney spears 
because people think that her boyfriend and possibly her father as well have her like trapped. And she keeps on posting these videos of her like, you know, being really weird. And, and, and there's even rumors of her just being dead and then posting these like older videos that they just filmed prior to it. Anyways, it's a really, really? messed up stuff. Yeah. This is a recent thing. This yeah, this is, is recent. Like this is over the, the course of like the past couple of years. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. Look into this because I'm not going to go too deep into it. I went down this rabbit hole like maybe a month ago because my sister told me about it. I watch all these like videos about it and it's it's convincing as many conspiracy theories tend to be. That's the kind of the point of a conspiracy theory. But it's yeah, it's it's a weird situation. And if you look at her Instagram, it's kind of fucked up. But uh, I just feel like that's a that's another example of, you know, someone young that got famous really quick. We even have people like, I don't know, like Justin Bieber as an example. You know, he got famous super quick. And But Justin Bieber improved as he matured. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree completely. You know, like he had that like short fall from grace where he's like, oh, this guy's an asshole. But he seems to be a lot better these days. But yeah, I don't know. Um, even hell, man, even like Drew Barrymore when she was younger or uh, – Obviously, Drew Barrymore is very well respected. That's what I'm saying. As they were younger, was the but key element. Like he got these like, two um, roles: Honey Boy and Peanut Butter Falcon. And then he got that role in Don't Worry, Darling. And it seemed like his career was like lifting off. Like it's, Peanut it's over Falcon. now. Amazing, by the way. Yeah, I know. Like we, th- I think you talked about it on this podcast. But like the idea of all that stuff being behind him is seems to be not behind him. Like he just keeps letting it catch up with him again. It just seems it's so shitty. It's an awful situation, and I, mean, I don't think if this stuff is true, like fuck that guy, man. And from what I understand, even though FKA Twigs, I guess, is suing him, she does want him to get help. It almost yes. seems like she's doing it out of. She seems like a very kind and understanding person, despite her being verbally and physically abused by this man, and her willing to. I mean, again, she's suing the guy which is great. I think she should, but she's also, you know, saying that, Hey, he needs help. He should get help and trying to help him. And there's a lot of respect when it comes to a situation like that. And uh, I don't know. I don't know who FK twigs. I'll be honest with you. I, I haven't even heard of her until this very story. Uh, Apparently she's, if I recall correctly, she's in honey boy. Oh, that's how they met. Oh. She's on, yeah, they met on the set of Honey Boy. Boy's on uh, Amazon Prime here in Canada. I want to watch it. Apparently it's fantastic. I kind of want to watch it a little bit less now. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when you watch Baby Driver and there's Kevin Smith. A little bit, but this is literally a screenplay by Shia LaBeouf about his life. And exactly. like, I just don't know if I can, I feel like it'll be harder for me to sympathize with him when he just, I don't know. Again, that's part of the idea too. Like that's where he's taking this turn in that I think this movie, it, it lets you sympathize with his character. Yeah. Because it's I, about how his father just comes back into his life and treats him like shit. And he's an alcoholic and an asshole and everything. And right. You and want you to think differentiate that, him from his father, but can you exactly That's the question? Yeah. It's a, it's an unfortunate situation. And I don't know. Obviously. Like with this, with especially like the me too movement and all that stuff, like when it's, when it's like sexual battery, I don't know. That's not something you come back from as much as like it's swearing. Man. It's an unforgivable. But I'm saying you just don't come back from it as much as you do from like swearing at a cabaret or going to jail for like drug abuse. Yeah. You know? So that's like, I don't know. It's like we may not see him very much anymore. Like I, apparently he doesn't have very many roles lined up. And so, man, stupid. Yeah. 
It's just a stupid situation. It's it's too bad. Oh, apparently also he's dating um, Margaret Qualey. I don't know if you know that. I do. I, I did hear about that. I love Margaret Qualey. She's, She's like a from the leftover. An interesting caveat. When that came out, like they were seen together in public, like kissing in public. Yeah, she's in the leftovers and um, once upon a time, uh, once upon in, a time Hollywood. in Hollywood. Yeah, I, I, I hope she doesn't get abused. I mean, that'd be awful. Um, quick aside uh, on the on the topic of like drug abuse and stuff. This this really upsets me. Uh, but did you hear about John Mulaney going into rehab? For- no. So yeah, he ju- he just went into rehab for uh, alcohol. Uh, alcoholism and drug abuse like cocaine use no way yeah it's really unfortunate because he's he's a known alcoholic from back in the day and i mean he's been clean for a while but unfortunately i guess i mean he relapsed oh he relapsed yeah okay it sucks Hmm. it really it really really sucks i really love john mulaney's work and i don't know it's an unfortunate situation i i wish people didn't have to go through situations like that or deal it's, with stuff like that. It's it's it sucks too because like I I feel like it's just exasperated by the uh, exact what what am I looking for here? Exacerbated. I can't remember the exact letter combination that I'm trying to say, but it's it's accentuated by the fact that we're in a pandemic and that people are like they're stuck inside and we're kind of it's a it's a bleak landscape out there. So it's making it worse and worse. Yeah, like what so, else do you have to do? You're like by yourself and Well, he's married, I think, but um, Yeah. So he's not completely by himself, but the, the I don't know. It's just a yeah, it's not like it was before. Like there's less stuff to look forward to. Mm-hmm. I think he just got a job on the the Seth Meyers show as well, like as a like a staff writer or or part of the I think it was a staff writer, which is interesting. And then obviously he just got that job in uh Chip and for Dale. Disney Plus. For the Chippendale Ch- Ch- Rescue Rangers, yeah. Rescue I, I, again, I didn't know that. I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that news. That was just it's too bad. recently. Yeah, I know it's awful. It sucks. All the best to him. And uh, for Shia LaBeouf, I mean, if he if he is doing that stuff, like fuck that guy. I really hope he becomes a better person. But yeah, it's 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 as you said, it's hard to come back from things like that when it has anything to do with like sexual abuse or anything along those lines. I have a very. Uh, I'm fairly consistent in my fuck that guy. <laughs> like I'm going to veto this person type of thing. It's really hard to look past it. Um, yep. Again, like we, we bring this up constantly. I already brought it up. Baby driver. Like I love that movie so much, but I, I watched it. I think once since the Kevin Spacey thing uh, came out and uh, it sours that movie, which, which, which really bums me out because that movie is so good. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, I watched that movie twice in theaters, so I like I really like it. Uh, so yeah, I think I watched it once without you, and then I and I had to watch it with you because I was like, you know, we have to go see this movie. Yeah, definitely happened. You are, correct. but I mean, we didn't talk in the movie theater. Nope. We don't talk outside this podcast. Yeah, we, even w- though this movie launched years ago. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. We just talked already. Mutual friends, exactly. Of course. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as reported by Deadline, the Amazon TV series Wilds has been renewed for a season two. I heard the show Wilds is better than the movie Ready Player. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I heard this show's actually really good, though. Imagine if I did that for a second week in a row. It sure would be annoying. Number two, as Deadline reports, the Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans starring Netflix espionage thriller The Gray Man has paused pre-production due to coronavirus concerns. That's a bummer, but I will patiently wait for this movie because it sounds super cool. 
Number three, as reported by Variety, the Disney Plus Mandalorian spinoff TV series, The Book of Boba Fett, will launch in December of 2021, will star the Mandalorian actors Ming-Na Wen and Tamora Morrison, and will be showrun by Jon Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Robert Rodriguez. This is really cool. It is unfortunate that this show is coming out first prior to Mandalorian season three. They're focusing on this, and then we're going to get Mandalorian Season 3 after. But it is also nice that it isn't replacing Mandalorian Season 3. Number four. As Variety reports, Illumination Animation Studio has added some more impressive actors and artists to its already star-studded cast for Sing 2. Bono, Pharrell Williams, Leticia Wright, Bobby Cannavale, Chelsea Peretti, and Eric Andre have all been added to the animated film that is set to launch in December of 2021. We've already talked about Illumination Studios and how they suck. But again, like, if you're making shit movies, the only way to get people in is by getting an all-star cast, so can't really blame him. Number five. As reported by Variety, director Taika Waititi is teaming up with director Sterling Harjo for a new FX comedy series called Reservation Dogs. The new series will follow two Native American teenagers living in rural Oklahoma. I'll be honest, when I first heard about this, I thought this was a TV show remake of Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. I thought it was super weird. And then when I looked into it, I realized I was wrong. However, quick aside, not necessarily an aside, but uh, a, a quick thought is, does it feel like Taika Waititi is spreading himself almost too thin at this point? He has, you know, Thor, the fourth Thor starring Gore. He has his Star Wars movie coming out. He has this series. He has what we do in the shadows. Like, is it just me? Does it seem like too much? I don't know. Number six. As publication Vulture has reported, HBO and the BBC have renewed the series adaptation of the Philip Pullman novel trilogy, His Dark Materials, for a third and final season. Final season? I don't know how long these books are, but you think it's going to be done? Did you watch season two? Not yet, but it is a novel trilogy. Oh, so each each season's a book. I know my lover wants to watch or, or watch The Golden Compass recently, and I was like, wait, isn't that the His Dark Materials version or, or like movie it is she really likes the movie i've never watched it i'm curious should i watch the movie prior to watching this series no it's not necessary number seven as variety has reported warner brothers has set the theatrical and hbo max release of their lakeith stanfield starring film judas and the black messiah for february 12th 2021 this movie looks fucking awesome and i'm so into it i love lakeith stanfield <laughs> He's such a great actor. Number eight, as The Hollywood Reporter has stated, massive Canadian movie theater exhibitor Cineplex has managed to secure a needed $90 million in funding to stay afloat as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to rage on. Please survive. Number nine, as Variety reports, an executive producer for Netflix's next David Benioff and D.B. Weiss TV series, The Three-Body Problem, was reportedly deliberately poisoned by a colleague also involved in managing The Three-Body Problem book series IP. The murder occurred at the Chinese company Yuzu Group, who owns the right to The Three-Body Problem trilogy, and who have reportedly been suffering infighting amongst executives over the last couple of months. Oh my god, the guy died? That's so fucked up. What? The CEO died. The CEO of Yuzu Group. Are you serious? Yes. That's absolutely bananas. What? That's so messed up. Bananas indeed. Number 10. As reported by website, 
IGN, Batman the Animated Series, and Batman Beyond will both be available on streaming service HBO Max as of January 2021. I'm surprised it wasn't already on there, I'll be honest with you. And that concludes the montage. Wow. Oh, please. Stop the piano. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you monster. All right. The user group stuff is actually pretty nuts, actually, because I, I, when I initially wrote this, the guy hadn't died and he had just been uh, sent to hospital with the poisoning. Actually, he drove himself to the hospital. And then it turned out I read, I was just reading today before we started recording this. This is Saturday. We're actually recording this on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. And, and so apparently he died, which is crazy. And then we didn't really know who was poisoned. And then we found out it was literally the CEO of Yuzu Group, which is crazy. Oh, he's basically God. the only IP. It is a nuts situation. Uh, I just don't really understand what that means for the show. But there, there's something going on at that company, clearly. So I don't know. Did they did they catch the guy? The- I think they know who did it. I have a feeling they know who did it. I have to look into it more. We can maybe talk about it a little bit more it? next week. It was DB Weiss. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's, it's no. Yuzu Group actually is a video game company who owns the rights to the Three Body Problem trilogy, which is interesting. They own, own the rights to the book series, although they're a video game publisher. <laughs> I don't really quite understand. <laughs> There's some kind of history here. I'm not quite uh grasping but it when i learned it was the ceo because that wasn't in the, in the initial article either so anyway that's crazy I, i'm curious this is the next big show from the game of thrones creators obviously and so david benioff and db weiss so again what will happen to this show i'm not sure will netflix try to distance themselves with this insanity or <laughs> like uh well, we're actually gonna go another direction thank you we're, we're good anyways yeah, that, that's that's unbelievable. It just sounds crazy to think about. It's pretty nuts. I'm 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 curious. I, I'd like to hear more of the story. Yeah. Once again. stay tuned. Anyway, Sam and I got new releases for you. Oh. Honestly, there's not much coming out this week, unless I just missed everything, but I looked down my regular sources that I It kind of makes sense because this is the week after Christmas. Yeah. So I, I think there's still people are reeling from I mean, Christmas and they've got uh They've got a lot of releases on the Christmas week. Like we had Wonder Woman 1984, which is a huge movie, and then The Soul, and then we got Regina King's film. One Night in Miami. Yeah, One Night in, Mi- in Miami, which could win it all at the Oscars. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, what is coming out this week, Adrian? What is coming out? There's quite literally only six movies that I could find. Okay, cool. So this is for the week what are December they? 28th to January the 3rd. The first movie is coming out on Monday, December the 28th, and it's a Netflix original film called Cops and Robbers, which is an animated spoken word film about police brutality and racial injustice. Okay. Mm-hmm. You going to watch it? Uh, I don't know. Me neither. It's been a pretty bleak year. Yeah, I feel like it's the most better suited for a 2021 release. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah, maybe indeed. The next movie that's coming out is coming out on Wednesday, December 30th. It's the movie called The Rope Curse 2. It's a Netflix original movie. It's the sequel to the hit Taiwanese horror movie, The Rope Curse 1. No way. Yeah, believe it or not. The Rope Curse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something to do with demons or a single demon. I don't know. Alrighty. These next three movies are all coming out on New Year's Day. That's a Friday, January ah, the first. The first one is called The Minimalists. Less is now. 
It's a Netflix documentary about people saying life is better with less. That's coming from a couple people that don't own a PS5. Fucking losers. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, the next movie that's coming out is a movie, uh, another Netflix original movie called What Happened. Wait, I don't understand what you meant by that. Can you can you explain that? What, do you, what did that have to do with a PS5 at all? What do you mean? They say that living their life with less is better. Oh, I see. So like they if they had a PS5. PS5. They had a PS4, their life would be better than if they had also had a PS5. But uh, no, if they just, I mean, I don't know if they have a PS4 or not. I see. All I'm, all I'm saying. It's just oddly specific to bring up the Sony PlayStation as the one thing that would make life better. You must really like the PlayStation 5. I do. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Tell me, Adrian, what happened to Mr. Cha? I don't know what happened. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Shadow in the Cloud. By the way, what happened to Mr. Cha's movie? Uh, that's <laughs> why didn't you say the name you didn't announce it that was a weird segue into that i gave you i, I teed you up i teed you up beautifully and then you just skipped over it. i don't know what happened Dan. this is another january 1st movie yeah. what happened to mr chaw mm-hmm. and you and you don't know what happened to no him. i don't i don't that's why you gotta watch the movie no I'm not going to. Obviously. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out is called Shadow in the Cloud. This is confirmed by Movie Insider, m.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. This is coming out on video on demand. However, I'm not sure if this is coming out in Canada. This is definitely coming out in the States. It just did, It wasn't up for pre-order on Apple TV app here in Canada. So, again, I wasn't fully certain. However, it stars Chloe Grace Moretz. As a female World War II pilot on this big plane, and she discovers an evil presence lurking inside. Oh no! Kind of reminds me of the movie with the zombies. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you knew. What's the name of that movie now? Got Overlord. That's a. That was a really fun movie. Overlord. Yeah. Overlord's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. That's a that's a blast and a half. Yeah. And then the uh, final movie that's coming out is coming out on Saturday, January the 2nd. It's called Asphalt Burning. Uh, it's a Netflix original. It's about a dude who races another dude to win back his runaway bride after she leaves out on his wedding day. But what I don't get about that description is like, why like, did she just leave him and was like, if you win this race, I'll come back to you. What the, or, or, or like, was she kidnapped? If it was the former... Why are you trying to win her back? She just left you, man. Like what? And then if it's the if it's the latter, then it's like just call the fucking police. She was kidnapped. Huh. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I guess you'd have to watch it to find out. Not gonna happen. It looks like shit. Okay. Then. Other than what I can Is that all the movies? Yeah. Is that it? That's it, man. We did it. It's a short We did it. It's a short episode. It's a short uh relatively. Relatively. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a short uh, shorter news week, shorter movie release week. It's the you know it's the day after Christmas, baby. Everyone's uh, having their holiday cheer. I hope everyone has a fantastic. I hope everyone had a fantastic Christmas. I hope everyone has the happiest of New Years. Uh, me too, um, and we'll be me too, Adrian. We'll be back for another uh, another few episodes next year. Upwards yeah. of fifty-two, possibly. Yeah, we've done it. We we made it through. We even did we even did an episode on Christmas week. That's how dedicated we are, everybody. Mm-hmm. You can listen to every episode of our podcast on Mondays on, again, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, even Google Podcasts. We're on every podcast streaming service that really is popular out there. And we ask you to listen to some of our episodes, especially if you've listened to as an example or watched, I should say, The Mandalorian Season 2. You can catch our review of the season 
as a closer look episode, which is also available on our podcast uh, website and on every streaming podcast place you can listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thank you, Adrian, for joining me once again. Hey, no worries, man. I feel like uh, this actually went pretty pretty decent, considering we weren't in the same room together. I feel it's it's different. It feels a little. It bit is different. Not. It, it feels weirder, I think, because it's easier to interrupt each other because I can't predict when you're going to talk. It's yeah. just like a Zoom call. It's now a Zoom call type podcast, which is not necessarily better. I just hope that in the end, the audio quality is not worse than our previous podcasts. But I guess you'll be the judge of that, or you already have been the judge of that <laughs> audience member, uh, just because the, right the podcast is now done. Podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you thought of the audio quality of this episode. Yeah, please do. And uh, I think that's it. Thank you for listening to the 26th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey guys, it's me, Adrian Pinter. I'm about to sign off. And, uh,. I haven't thought of anything clever to say, I'll be honest with you. Here, one second. Batman v Superman. It's a good movie, baby. I hope you have a good night. Take care. Mm. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take care, guys. Bye. Goodbye.